Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello, this is Arsene Langer. Welcome to this audio production of the Arsenal Match Day program. Premier League, Friday 11th of August 2017, Arsenal v Leicester City, kick-off 7.45pm. Contents The manager, Arsene Wenger. The captain, Per Mertesacker. Voice of Arsenal. Youth. Action, Emirates Cup. That's me. Pressure points. Ladies. 1998. Pre-season action. Museum. Visitors. Leicester City. Match action. Arsenal v Chelsea. Community Shield. Player feature. Rob Holding. Teams. The boss. Arsene Wenger on a satisfying pre-season and the challenges ahead for the Gunners. Arsene was talking to Chris Harris. We're all very excited to start our Premier League season this evening. We feel well prepared, ambitious and of course ready for a fight too. I think we have a good level of physical preparation. All our players got a decent number of minutes of strong competition, so overall the preparation of the squad looks good. Now it's important to transform the quality of our pre-season work into points. That is of course a pragmatic view. But what matters is that we win the next game and start in a strong way, which we didn't do last year. That's what we want to achieve this season. It's difficult to explain why our opening day record isn't as strong as it should be. Many times we've had players away at international competitions who were not ready for the start of the season. Sometimes as well, we maybe didn't have the right preparation because we travelled a lot. I feel as though we've had stronger opponents in our preparation this year. When we look back at the number of minutes played by the players who started the season, they are much higher than in previous years, because we played more games. I think that contributes as well to good preparation. This season we travelled a lot, but it looks like we travelled very early, and we had three weeks when we came back to prepare for the opening day. Overall, I feel the preparation went quite well. That showed against Chelsea on Sunday. The quality of the performance was a continuity of our late season form, where we had a strong finish. Overall, we looked to have the desire to play, hunger to play together, 
and to win. These are very interesting qualities, and now it's about maintaining them and going from game to game with the same hunger. It was pleasing to see Said Kalasinak score at Wembley. He has made a strong start here. He's integrated very quickly to the way we want to play. He had some difficulties at the start, but after he's got stronger and stronger, and when he came on against Chelsea on Sunday, he put in a very strong performance. I am confident that our other summer signing, Alexandre Lacazette, will get goals here. He averages approximately 80 minutes for a goal in France, which is a good record. It's quite promising, but let's not focus too much on it. If the team plays well and creates chances, he will get on the end of them. For us, the determination is there to start the season off in the right way tonight, against a good Leicester side. They had a good Champions League campaign, and certainly this season, because they are not in Europe, they will be focused again on the Premier League. They have a strong defence. They are quick and dangerous on the counter-attack, so that's exactly the qualities you don't like when you play at home against a team. They can create upsets everywhere. They are very organised and they know each other well, and that makes them a difficult opponent to beat. As far as our team news is concerned, I have plenty of uncertainties about players who didn't play against Chelsea. For example, Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Ozil, Per Mertesacker, who came off, and of course Lauren Kozielny is suspended. I have players coming back who have not played, like Shkodran Mustafi. Alexis will not be available, so I cannot go into the game with too many uncertainties. Alexis had a little abdominal strain that he picked up on Sunday morning in training before he came to Wembley. He had a scan two days ago and he's out for a while. We don't know if it is two weeks or one more week, but he will not be available. We think he won't play at Stoke. Of course, Alexis is a loss for us, but we have all the other players prepared in pre-season and they are all ready. It can happen in pre-season and anyway... I don't think I would have included him from the start tonight. He is focused. Of course, when you have treatment on a medical bench, it's not easy. So I can take a gamble on one, maybe maximum two, but I will focus more on the players who had the right number of competitive minutes in recent weeks. We are all well prepared and ready for a fight, and of course ambitious as well. Finally, going into this season, I think you would say that you will say that you can interview eight managers who can say to you, I want to win the league title this year, and all will have legitimate arguments to say that. Our target is to win our games and play well. Of course, we are very ambitious, but the best way to quantify our ambition is by focusing on the next game and winning it. Enjoy the game. Said is gifted physically. When you look at his natural qualities, you would say football here will suit Said Kolasinac because the Premier League is very demanding physically, very demanding in the impact of the contacts, and on that front he is quite gifted and talented. Overall, I believe he has the right mental attitude. He looks to go into the challenges with pleasure, and that is something that is needed here. The captain, Per Mertesacker, on pre-season, his fitness and a final campaign as a player. 
The win over Chelsea in the Community Shield was a great way to start the season or finish the pre-season for us. It was good to win, to claim the Shield, to get us going and to help us to believe in ourselves. It's a small step going forward to what we want to achieve, but it's definitely reinforced all the things we've talked about and worked on in terms of our shape and our system as we enter the new Premier League season. It's always good when you win, but you have to still work hard because sometimes you can get a little complacent about things, even if it's on a subconscious level. We have no room for that. We need to really focus on Leicester City, a really important game for us against the former champions to start the season well. Right now, we're in a good position for playing the first league game of the season. You want to start on the front foot and with a win, and we haven't had that feeling for a couple of years. We've started in a bad way recently, and tonight we want to take care of business. Looking back at pre-season, we had a few good games with a couple of losses thrown in, but we were able to bounce back from those defeats and learn from them, and I think we're ready. I'm excited about the season, and I want us to challenge and compete for titles. We know that's something the club has embraced through its history, and we want to continue that. But we know what we need to do. We have to work hard in terms of being consistent to be successful at the end of the season. You can compare the start of a new campaign to going back to school, but as ever, it feels as if we've all come back at different times. Not everyone went on tour to Australia and China, of course, so some players have only been back for two or three weeks, and there's a difference in preparation and fitness levels. Those who started early in July are really ready. They've spent five weeks going through a tough pre-season, and you can sense that those players are absolutely ready to go. Players are gaining more and more fitness, and that's exciting to see. Not everyone is at the same level physically, but everyone is up for the challenge. It's also great to see the squad grow with a good balance of young players and experienced players, so it looks good for us, but we know we have to earn the results. Tonight is the first chance we have to show that we have a special squad. The togetherness of the squad has been outstanding, but there have been times when we haven't been consistent enough and we've had bad results. When you face adversity, you have to bounce back quickly. For me, the key is showing a cohesion and togetherness that allows us to learn and bounce back quickly when we need to. We need to learn from the last couple of seasons to take a step forward, and we need to challenge each other as well because we have a deep squad and that's going to be vital. We need every single player to be ready, so that when one player drops a little bit of form or picks up an injury, the next one can step in and get the team going, give everyone around them some energy. We need to use this energy to show people we are a special group of players. We're starting the season on a Friday night for the first time in history, and we're all very excited, the fans included, especially after coming back from Wembley with a win. You're not quite sure where the opposition is in terms of their preparation, but we shouldn't worry too much about that. We're just looking forward to being with our fans again after the Emirates Cup and Wembley. There's a great bond at the moment that goes back to the FA Cup final and the team and fans are ready to get started. Everyone wants to be successful and we have to go through it together. As you may know by now, I'll be taking over as the academy manager next June but I want to reassure you that I am fully focused on this season and playing football. I've enjoyed my last pre-season and I'm going to enjoy my last season as well, but I do not drop my focus. This is my 15th season and that's always been key for me as a professional player, to keep that focus and to keep the intensity high. If I have a day off and there's a game at the academy, I will sneak in, 
but even that can help you to get better in your own game. I'm excited for this season and what's ahead of me. I don't have a background in that role, so I want to learn as much as I can from my colleagues, but I want to be the best that I can be. The good news for me is that I'm feeling fit despite the injury last Sunday. It was a nasty cut, but I've recovered well from it and I think I'm ready. Obviously, there are stitches in there, but I'm not waking up in any pain, and if you forget about it, that's a good sign. Our doctor did a great job to get me out of there, get the stitches in, and give me a chance to play if I'm needed. Enjoy tonight's game and the season ahead. Voice of Arsenal. Making history. You'll all witness history being made tonight because this is the first time the English top flight season will begin on a Friday. Our record in Friday Premier League matches is played seven, won six, drawn one, lost nil. New safety policies at Emirates Stadium. This season we have introduced new policies for the unaccompanied minimum age for supporters and access for naught to three year olds on match days. The new, unaccompanied minimum age will now be 14 years. This means that all under-14-year-olds will require an adult, 18 and over, to attend with them at any match at Emirates Stadium. This decision has been made after consultation with relevant safeguarding and safety experts, with the new policy falling in line with many other sports stadia, major venues and the music industry. The previous policy allowed an unaccompanied minimum age of 12, which included access into the Young Guns enclosure. Therefore, the new age category for the Young Guns enclosure is now 14 to 16. In addition, we are also introducing a new access policy for 0 to 3-year-olds. This means that there will now be certain rows at the front of GA, club level and box level, which will not be permitted for 0 to 3-year-olds. This is based on recommendations from safety experts. Our supporter liaison officer Mark Brindle said, We have made these decisions after a great deal of consultation. It is generally standard practice that under 14 should be accompanied by an adult. Regarding 0-3 year olds, there is a higher risk of a small child being hit with a ball or a fall from the front rows in the stadium. We hope supporters understand that these decisions have been made with their safety as our paramount consideration. Full details of the new safety policies at Emirates Stadium can be found at www.arsenal.com slash tickets. Matchball Sponsor Our first matchball sponsors of the season have sent in the following message. Happy Birthday Harrison he had no idea today was happening. It's all been a big late birthday surprise. Harrison is an Arsenal superfan, and now the whole family are supporting Arsenal. Come on, Arsenal. Love, Mum, Nan and Jason. Enjoy your day, Harrison. Let's hope for three points. Debut delight for Siad. Siad Kosalinak marked his impressive competitive debut for us with the equaliser in last weekend's Community Shield victory over Chelsea, and in doing so, he became the first player to score on their first appearance for us since Sanchez Watt did so in a 2-0 League Cup win over West Bromwich Albion in September 2009. 
Congratulations, Seat. We are looking forward to plenty more goals in the future. Watch Arsenal under-23s at Emirates. Want to see the next generation of Arsenal stars here at Emirates Stadium? Arsenal will play Manchester City in the under-23 Premier League here on Monday, 21st of August, kick-off 7pm. Tickets will be available free to Arsenal members from Monday before going on general sale on Wednesday for £4 adults, £2 concessions. Visit arsenal.com for details. Thanks, fans. We recently received this message. Michael, Stephen and the Etheridge family would like to thank all the Arsenal fans for their help and good wishes at the FA Cup final when Michael suffered a stroke. We would also like to thank the Wembley medical team for their excellent response. Michael is making a slow but positive recovery. We were sorry to miss the winning goal and celebrations, but are looking forward to returning to Emirates soon. In memory of Max, when we entertained Leicester in April, the programme appealed for fans to join the Anthony Nolan Register as the family of one-year-old Max Hilton suffering from a very rare illness called dyskeratosis congenital, were desperate for a bone marrow donor. It is with great sadness we report that little Max died on May the 31st and is missed terribly by family and friends, in particular his parents, Becca and Adam. Despite enduring a very difficult summer, the family contacted the club to ask if we can once again encourage people to sign up to the register by visiting antoninolan.org, so families in the future can hopefully have the opportunity of life that Max so tragically never had. Baggett, win with Arsenal and Puma. In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner, Puma, are giving away travel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Question time. What was the score in last season's home match against Leicester City? Email your answer, including your name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at Arsenal Magazine. All entries to us by Friday, August the 18th. One entry per person. New deal at Meadow Park. We have agreed a new 10-year deal with Boreham Wood FC to stage our academy and ladies' home matches at Meadow Park until the end of the 2026-27 season. The agreement is tied in with the summer of improvements to Meadow Park following a large investment from Arsenal. Boreham Wood and the Premier League, through the Football Stadia Improvement Fund, the sister organisation of the Football Foundation. Since 2003, the Football Foundation Funding Partners Investment has provided over £1.1 million to redevelop Mando Park, including the installation of a new all-weather playing surface, a 720-seater spectator stand, and a state-of-the-art changing pavilion. There is also a brand-new floodlight system, a Premier League-quality deso pitch, and new home-and-away team dugouts. Arrivederci, Wojciech. We'd like to wish all the very best to Wojciech Szczesny, who completed a permanent move to Juventus in July. The move brings to an end Wojciech's 11-year spell with us, during which he won the FA Cup in 2014 and 2015, 
and jointly won the Golden Glove with Petra Cech in 2013-14. In total, Wojciech made 181 appearances for us, keeping 72 clean sheets. Wojciech isn't the only player to have left the club recently. Emi Martinez will play on loan for Gestafi in La Liga this season, while Dan Crowley, Glenn Kamara and Kalen Hines have all completed permanent moves to Willem II, Dundee and Wolfsburg respectively. Chris Willock is now a Benfica player. Young defender Mark Bowler will spend the upcoming season on loan at Bristol Rovers with Steffi Mavadidi a championship side Preston North End for the campaign. Meanwhile, Yaya Sonigo and academy players Stefan O'Connor, Christopher de Gracia and Kostas Pilius have all left the club. Congrats, Jack! Many congratulations to ardent supporter Jack Fisher, who recently celebrated his 100th birthday. A very well-known name in the racing industry, Jack illustrated his love of the Gunners in the names of some of the many racehorses he owned, notably David Jack, Alex James, Cliff Boy and Brady. Well done, Reese. Many congratulations to Reese Nelson, who became the 844th player to represent our first team when he replaced Danny Welbeck late on against Chelsea last Sunday. The 17-year-old has enjoyed a highly encouraging pre-season in which he excelled when playing in an unfamiliar wing-back role. Fever Pitch at the Opera A special production of Fever Pitch will be playing at the Union Chapel in Islington from September the 22nd to 24th. An opera for people who think that they don't like opera, Fever Pitch the Opera is the first ever musical take on Nick Hornby's iconic book. Get tickets from www.ticketsource.co.uk slash Highbury Opera Theatre. The Arsenal Foundation is supporting the production, funding workshops with local schools. As part of our outreach, up to 1,200 local children will be able to see two free schools-only shows. On this day, 2002... Gilberto gives us 1-0 Community Shield win over Liverpool. 2010, Jack Wilshire and Kieran Gibbs make international debuts against Hungary. Coming up, Saturday, the under-18s begin their season away at Fulham. Monday, our under-23s kick off their campaign at Derby County. Constable Alex Morgan it is with great sadness that the club report the death of Constable Alex Morgan. Alex holds a very special place in the hearts of fans who were present at Highbury home games during the 1960s and 1970s when he would sing with the Metropolitan Police Band in the corner of East Stand and Clock End. More recently, Alex was invited to sing as part of Highbury's final salute in 2006 which was a great thrill for supporters and for a man who was a lifelong Arsenal supporter, as are his family. Everyone at Arsenal Football Club would like to extend their sincere condolences to Alex's family and friends. Embedded in Arsenal history for eternity, he will always be remembered. Ref Watch Mike Dean The referee kicking off the new Premier League season is Mike Dean from the Wirral. Mr. Dean is an official plenty of you will know well 
not least because he has taken charge of ten Arsenal matches since the start of the 2014-15 season. Want to learn about our recent record with Mr. Dean as referee? Here you are. 2014-15 Arsenal 1, Man United 2, Premier League Man City 0, Arsenal 2, Premier League Arsenal 2, Middlesbrough 0, FA Cup Burnley 0, Arsenal 1, Premier League Man United 1, Arsenal 1, Premier League 2015-16 Chelsea 2, Arsenal 0, Premier League Arsenal 0, Hull 0, FA Cup Sunderland 0, Arsenal 0, Premier League 2016-17 Arsenal 0, Middlesbrough 0, Premier League Stoke City 1, Arsenal 4, Premier League In total, 1-4, drawn 4, lost 2 Goals 4, 11, goals against, 6 YC 18, RC 2 Stats, Community Shield Touches, Granite Shaka, 107, Rob Holding, 92, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, 87, Hector Bellerin, 82, Mohamed Elneny, 74. Passes, Granite Shaka, 91, Rob Holding, 76, Mohamed Elneny, 62, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, 60, Hector Bellerin, 53. Crosses, Granite Chaka 6, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain 4, Hector Bellerin 3, Mohamed Elneny, Nacho Monreal 2, Rob Holding 1. Recoveries Granite Chaka 10, Mohamed Elneny 9, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain, Alex Iwobi 6, Rob Holding, Siad Kolasinak, Hector Bellerin 5, Danny Welbeck 3. Clearances Petra Cech, Rob Holding 5, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, 4. Per Metasaka, Nacho Monreal, Granite Shaka, 3. If in doubt, report it. If someone complains, take it seriously. How? Antisocial text service. Get your phones out and text 67777. 1. Text one of the following words. Race, HPH, tout, foul, stand, smoke, sexism. 2. Give a description. 3. Give your location. Block, row, seat. Text 67777. Arsenal, League Champions FA Cup winners, 1930-1936-1950-1971-1979-1993-1998-2002-2003-2005-2014-2015-2017 League Cup winners, 1986-87-1992-93 Charity Community Shield winners 1930-31-33-34-38-48-53-91 shared 98-99-2002-2004-2014-15-17 and 
FAS Cup winners, 1969-70. European Cup winners, Cup winners, 1993-94. FA Youth Cup winners, 1966-71-88-94-2000-2001-2009. Arsenal Football Club, 75 Drayton Park, London, N5 1BU. Telephone 020-761-95000. Website www.arsenal.com. Email program at arsenal.co.uk. Directors Sir Chips Chazik, Chairman. Ken Fryer, OBE. Ivan Gazidis, CEO. Richard Carr, Lord Harris of Peckham. Stan Kroenke, Josh Kroenke. Honorary Vice-Presidents, Lady Bracewell-Smith, Secretary, David Miles, Manager, Arsene Wenger, OBE. Physiotherapist, Colin Lewin, MCSP, SRP. Editor, Andy Exley. Deputy Editor, Josh James. Design Manager, Simon Wallace. Designers, Katie Jane Morris, Owen Pinch, Edward Wilkinson. Photography, Stuart McFarlane, David Price. Contributors, Nick Brumsack, Max Jones, Connor Armstrong, Joanne Harney, Lambros Lambrew, Mike Hammond, Jem Maidment, Michael Cox, Michael Donlevy, Andy Kelly, Mark Andrews, Jonathan Edwards. Thanks to Fred Ollier, Printers, Bishops Printers. Arsenal Youth Arsenal under-23s enjoyed two thumping victories in pre-season. Pre-season friendly. Thursday, July 27th, 2017, Meadow Park. Boreham Wood, nil. Arsenal under-23, 4. Akpom, 10, penalty. Mavadidi, 23, 47. Torrell, 44. Arsenal under-23s are joined by a host of first-team players for a curtain-raising friendly on Boreham Wood's newly refurbished Meadow Park pitch. Mavadidi scores a brace and completes a full 90 minutes on his return from injury. Akpom opens the scoring from the penalty spot and hits the crossbar. John Torrell nets his first goal of pre-season. An Arsenal under-23 side joined by first-team players Carl Jenkinson, Tuba Akpom, Jeff Rain-Adelaide and Matthew Debushi ran out 4-0 winners at Boreham Wood last month, with Steffi Mavadidi scoring a brace on his return from injury. It didn't take long for the Gunners to threaten as Eddie Nketiah, fresh from his jaunt to Australia and China on the Gunners' pre-season tour, saw a fine header spectacularly tipped over the crossbar by Boreham Wood goalkeeper Grant Smith in the ninth minute. Moments later, the young striker was tripped inside the penalty area as he lined up a shot on goal. Akpom stepped up to take the resulting penalty and slotted the ball into the bottom corner to give Steve Gatting's team an early lead. The second goal followed shortly after, as Mavadidi controlled a lofted ball from Akpom inside the box with his chest and delightfully prodded his finish over Grant. And with the half drawing to a close, the Gunners added a third goal through John Turrell, who poked the ball home after Nketiah's initial effort was saved. Arsenal's fourth came soon after the interval, with Mavadidi finding the target once more with a low finish. It was an encouraging return to action for the striker, who had suffered a hamstring injury while on loan with Charlton Athletic, but revealed none other than Arsenal legend Ian Wright was on hand with words of support during his time on the sidelines.
Righty's words. After I got injured, I got a phone call from Righty giving me some advice and just being really nice to me and helping, Mavadidi revealed after the match. He said that I'm still young, that I've got a big future ahead of me and just to keep looking at the bigger picture, that it's a minor setback, it's only five months out of the game and I should just keep working hard and come back strong. You've just got to be mentally strong and take it day by day. As each day goes by, that's a day closer to fitness, so you've just got to keep digging in to just get through it. Arsenal Macy, Debussy, McGuane, 79 Bielik, Johnson, 75 Plaguezuelo, Jenkinson, Rain Adelaide, Marlon, 58 Torrell, Bramall, Benesser, 46 Nketiah, Morgos, 70 Mavadidi, Akpom Sub not used, Keto Pre-season friendly Tuesday, August 1st, 2017, Brisbane Road. Leighton Orient, under 23, 1, Bonn, 70. Arsenal, under 23, 5. Bielik, 3. Akpom, 15. Mavadidi, 45. Jenkinson, 66. Nketia, 79. Christian Bielik opens the scoring in the third minute. Tuba Akpom soon adds the second. Mavadidi rounds off the first half with a third goal. Jenkinson strokes home the fourth shortly after the hour mark, and Ketia pokes in a fifth late on for his first goal of pre-season. Steve Gatting named an unchanged starting eleven from the win at Boreham Wood, as the under-23s ended their pre-season in style, with an emphatic 5-1 win over Leighton Orient at Brisbane Road. As in the previous friendly, it took the Gunners little time to get their noses ahead, as Christian Bielik fired home an impressive near-post volley in the third minute, following Orient's failure to deal with a corner. Twelve minutes later, Akpom added the second, beating the O's goalkeeper Charlie Granger with a cool finish inside the far post after Jeff Rain Adelaide set him up with a delightful scoot ball over the defence. As the first half came to a close, Mavadidi continued his fine pre-season form by firing a stunning effort from outside the penalty area into the top corner. Following the half-time break, Orient carved out a good opportunity when Macaulay Bond set a shot fizzing wide of the far post. Just past the hour mark, Carl Jenkinson managed to get his name on the score sheet, nudging home across from substitute Daniel Marlin, who had raced up the byline before squaring to the right back. Despite the game being out of reach, the O's did find a late consolation goal through Bond in the 70th minute but the four-goal cushion was restored when Eddie Nketiah buried the fifth and final goal nine minutes later. Following a goal-mouth scramble, the forward prodded the ball in for his first goal of pre-season. Eddie's ready. After the final whistle, Nketiah spoke of what has been a special summer, having included trips to Australia and China as part of the Gunners' travelling pre-season squad. It was just nice to be away and it was a good experience, he said. I feel like I've evolved my game a lot better. My all-round play, I think, has got a lot quicker and there's more one-touch passing forward. It gets like that when you train with the first team. You get quicker and used to the pace of the game and I think it's really helped me. Hopefully the experience I've had this summer will help me have even better games for the under-23s in the coming season. I feel prepared, I feel sharp and I feel fit, he added. I'm just eager to get started, really. It's nice to have some great runouts for the first team and under-23s, and I've done well with both, so hopefully I can just push on and have a good year. Arsenal Macy, Debussy, Bielik, Johnson, 46, Plaguezuelo, 
Jenkinson, Rain Adelaide, McGuane, 71, Torrell, Bramall, Morgos, 71, and Ketia, Mavadidi, Akpom. Sub not used, Hudart. Emirates Cup 2017. Emirates Stadium's famous pre-season tournament ends in triumph for Arsenal. Arsenal lifted the Emirates Cup in the tightest competition the stadium has ever hosted, in its ninth vintage. The Gunners managed to triumph over Sevilla to lift the cup, despite the Spaniards winning both of their games, one of them against Arsene Wenger's men. But the tournament's innovative scoring system saw Arsenal rack up the same amount of points, Due to a point being awarded for each goal, and the deciding factor of goals scored, meant the trophy was retained by the Gunners. The fifth year, the hosts have won. Day 1. RB Leipzig, nil. Sevilla, 1. The scorer, Ben Yedder, on the 35th minute with a penalty. Arsenal, 5. Benfica, 2. The scorers for Arsenal, Walcott, in the 25th and 33rd minute. Lopez, own goal, 52nd minute. Giroud on the 64th minute and Iwobi on the 71st minute. The scorers for Benfica, Scurvy in the 12th and Salvio in the 40th. Day 2, RB Leipzig 2, Benfica 0. The scorers for RB Leipzig, Holstenberg in the 19th minute and Comper in the 53rd minute. Arsenal 1, Sevilla 2. The scorer for Arsenal, Lacazette in the 62nd minute. The scorers for Sevilla, Correa in the 49th minute and Enzonzi in the 69th minute. Arsenal hit five past Portuguese champions. Gunners go behind against Benfica, but a Theo Wolcott double turns things round. Wolcott's first comes after great work on the left from Siad Kolasinac. Olivier Giroud's goal follows skillful approach play from young star Royce Nelson. Alexander Lacazette plays on the Emirates pitch for the first time. Another youngster, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, plays 75 minutes. And Alex Awobi wraps things up with the best goal of the game, a 20-yard screamer. The team for Arsenal, Ospina, Holding, replaced by Chambers in the 46th minute. Mertesacker, Kolasinac. Nelson, replaced by Oxlade-Chamberlain in the 75th minute. Coquelin, replaced by Elneny in the 34th minute. Zaka, replaced by Ramsey in the 75th minute. Maitland-Niles, replaced by Monreal in the 75th minute. Walcott, replaced by Lacazette in the 75th minute. Iwobi, replaced by Ozil in the 75th minute. And Giroud. Subs not used, Martinez, Kotsielny, Bellerin and Welbeck. A win for Sevilla, but it's not enough. Mo Elneny starts in central defence. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain creates a number of chances in the first half. 17-year-old Joe Willock starts the match. Cohen Bramall comes on at half-time. Joaquin Correa puts Sevilla ahead. Alexander Lacazette pounces on a loose ball to equalise. Ex-Blackburn midfielder Stephen Nzonzi immediately puts Sevilla ahead again. The side for Arsenal, Ketch, Kotsielny, Elneny, replaced by Awobi on the 78th minute, Monreal, Bellerin, replaced by Bramall in the 46th minute, Ramsey, Willock, replaced by Zaka in the 60th minute, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Odzil, Welbeck, Lacazette, 
replaced by Walcott in the 78th minute. Subs not used. Martinez, Murtasaka, Holding, Kolazinak, Maitland-Niles, Nelson and Giroud. The final table. Arsenal played 2-1-1, draw 0. Lost 1, 4-6 against 4. Goal difference plus 2, points 9. Sevilla played 2-1-2, drew none, lost none, 4-3 against 1, goal difference plus 2, points 9. RB Leipzig played 2-1-1, drew none, lost 1, 4-2 against 1, goal difference plus 1, points 5. And Benfica played 2-1-0, drew none, lost 2-4-2 against 7. Goal difference, minus five, points two. That's me. Arsenal win the league at White Hart Lane. Club photographer David Price in the background of a memorable picture of Arsene Wenger taken by Stuart McFarlane. Name, David Price. Occupation, Arsenal club photographer. Photo date. May 15, 2004. Photo location, White Hart Lane. This picture seems to follow me around. I see it everywhere. Not surprisingly, really. It's such an iconic shot of the boss, framing the arson nose banner. It haunts me a little because every time I see it, I think I should be taking pictures rather than staring a bit gormlessly as Stuart takes the shot. I had only been at the club about 18 months and was still a bit wet behind the ears as a photographer, to be honest. That's my excuse, anyway. Looking back, I realised what an amazing privilege it was to be there so soon into my Arsenal career. It's one of the truly great days in the club's history, and if you speak to any fans who were there, they will often say it was their favourite ever moment supporting the team. It's funny, because I don't really remember too much about the game. It was a bit of a blur. My memories of the goals are from seeing them on TV loads of times. The one moment that I can vividly picture is Maurizio Tarico celebrating Tottenham's equaliser and injuring himself, and then the general humour that it was met with, seeing as it made no difference to us winning the league there. I also remember the Tottenham stewards on the whole being pretty reasonable with the Arsenal staff and fans. It can't have been their favourite day at the office. Only one Arsenal photographer was allowed on the pitch, Stuart, which is obviously how he got that picture. I was taking shots of the players celebrating from the sidelines and the fans, in theory. After the celebrations at the final whistle, some of the lads got the inflatable Premier League trophy, and another memory is Stuart's turn of pace to keep up with Thierry and Ashley Cole as they ran with the trophy out onto the pitch. When the boss came on to see the fans, after he'd spoken to the media, it pretty much signalled the end of the celebrations at the stadium. Actually, by the time this picture was taken, my phone was already going as Josh, deputy editor of the programme, and a few other members of staff were demanding we got to the Bank of Friendship pub on Blackstock Road. It took us a while to process all of our pictures. It was still filmed then, not digital. But we got there in the end, and my memories of that part of the day are even hazier. Are you in an Arsenal picture? Have you ever spotted yourself in a famous Arsenal picture? 
If you have, we'd love to hear your story. Email program at arsenal.co.uk or call 02077044130 and ask to speak to the editor. Pressure points. In the words of Arsene Wenger, the glare has never been stronger. So, we ask the Arsenal stars about pressure situations on and off the pitch. David Ospina. In which Arsenal match did you feel under most pressure? He said, I don't have only one match. In every match, I feel under lots of pressure, but I'm always calm. In which non-Arsenal match did you feel most pressure? He said, Sometimes it depends on the game. For me, in every game I feel pressure, but I always stay calm, even for Colombia in the World Cup. Are you someone who needs to feel a bit of pressure to perform? He answered, All the time. I always feel nerves in my stomach, but that helps me. There's a striker bearing down on goal. Who do you want making the last-ditch tackle? He said, Laurent Cozioni. He's so quick across the ground. The opposition have a last-minute penalty. Would you be able to save it? He said, I'd be confident that I could. Your team have a penalty to win a cup final in the last minute. Who do you want taking the penalty? For Colombia, James Rodriguez. For Arsenal, Mesut Ozil. Do you have any techniques that you use to alleviate pressure before a game? He said, yes, of course, I feel the nerves in my stomach, but I think that's normal for a footballer. You concentrate more when you're nervous, so it can only be a good thing. Have you ever buckled under pressure before? He said, when you are young, it's different. Now I feel more pressure and responsibility and cope with it. But back when I was younger, there were times where the nerves would get to me. What is the most pressured part of a match day for you? He said, about 15 minutes before kick-off. It's close to the game, and I always want to play well, so I start thinking about it. Arsenal are winning a cup final 1-0 with five minutes to go, but you're watching at home, unable to play. How stressed would you be? He answered, it's terrible when you watch games on TV because you want to help your team, but you can't. I'd still watch the game, but I wouldn't be able to enjoy it. Would you put yourself forward to take a penalty in a shootout? He said, yes, why not? Are there any tunnels you line up in where you feel particularly under pressure? He answered, in Colombia, probably Metropolitano, because it's the national team stadium. Which opponent do you look at in the tunnel and feel under most pressure? He answered, when you play Barcelona or Bayern Munich, you know they're very good players and you feel the pressure. I've played against Lionel Messi a lot of times, but I don't fear him. I treat it as a nice challenge. It's your driving test again. What are you worried about? David said, I think I'd be most worried about reversing, though. I don't have problems now, but it was a challenge when I was learning. You share a car with a teammate. Who's your nightmare driver? He said, Alexis. He's a really fast driver. 
You're on I'm a Celebrity. What challenges do you fear most? He said anything with snakes. They're very dangerous. You're stranded on a desert island. Can you build a shelter, locate food, and find a way of calling for help? David said, I don't think I could build a shelter, but I think I would be able to find food and a way of calling for help. You have dinner guests arriving in thirty minutes and nothing's prepared. Can you cook a meal? He said, Yes, burgers. I do all the cooking at home. I like to think I'm a good cook. You have a year to learn to play another sport professionally. What do you choose? Which sport would you not be able to play? He answered, I'd choose basketball, definitely. I don't think I'd be able to play handball, not even in goal. It's a crazy sport. Your house is on fire. Apart from your family, which three things do you save? He said, my legal documents and my dog. I can't think of a third thing. Along with my family, those two things are most important. If I lost my documents, it would be a big problem. You're looking after a baby. Can you change a nappy? He answered, no problem. I've got kids, so I've had to do that in the past. You move to a country that speaks a different language, and you have three months before you have to do interviews. Would you be able to? He said, no chance. I'm better at English now, but it's hard, because I want to speak it well. Sometimes one word can mean more than one thing, so it's tricky. I have lessons and speak it with my teammates. That's the fastest way to learn. You're in a karaoke bar. What do you sing? Who in the squad would you like to listen to? Who not so much? Maybe a reggaeton song by J Balvin. I think I would be good, and I think Santi Carzola would be good too. But Nacho's not got a great voice. You can't use your phone for a week. How do you feel? He answered, I need to be on my phone all the time. I'd feel very stressed if I didn't have it with me. You've done something wrong. Who is the last person in the world you want to tell you off? My father. You've been asked to be best man at a wedding. How do you feel about the speech? Would you be funny? He said, no problem. I think I would be funny too. I've never done it before, but I'd love to give it a go. You're at the top of a mountain and need to get down it quickly. Could you ski or snowboard? He said, yes, I would be able to ski down. That would be easier for me and a bit more comfortable than snowboarding. And lastly, you're at the bottom of the mountain and need to travel 50 miles quickly across fields. Do you use the horse provided? He answered, yes. I can ride horses. I used to ride them in Colombia because there are so many ranches and mountains. It wouldn't be a problem. Arsenal Women New name for a historic new season. The 2017-18 season marks the 30th anniversary of women's football at Arsenal. Yet the country's most successful and progressive club is, as ever, looking to the future. We're always looking to improve and to move the modern game forward, so as a result you will see in future that the ladies' references will be dropped on Arsenal channels, interviews and messaging. Videos and pictures will make it clear which team we are talking about, and wherever possible we will refer to our women's team as simply Arsenal, just as we do our men's team. 
This is a clear sign of unity that reflects modern-day thinking on equality in the game. For formal purposes, the club will be renamed Arsenal Women Football Club, but the name Arsenal Women will be used sparingly, primarily to avoid any confusion with the men's team. Arsenal Ladies is a name that has a great legacy, said Captain Alex Scott. However, a legacy is not something you leave behind. Your legacy is also what you teach and pass on to the next generation. This is one of many positive developments going on at Arsenal. We're attracting some of the best players in the world to our team, and we're training in world-class facilities. In changing our name, we are celebrating a new chapter in our history, a chapter in which we want to empower a new generation of both males and females. Gunners hit the Euro heights. Four Arsenal players were celebrating last Sunday when the Netherlands won the UEFA Women's Championships by beating Denmark 4-2 on home soil. Vivian Midema, who joined the Gunners from Bayern Munich in May, maintained her sensational scoring form to inspire the Dutch to victory. She followed up her crucial opening goal in the semi-final win over England by netting twice in the final, and the 21-year-old now has an incredible 45 goals from just 56 internationals. She was joined in the starting lineup by playmaker Danielle van der Donk, who also netted against England, and goalkeeper Sari van Wienendaal, while Dominique Janssen emerged from the bench on 57 minutes. Although the tournament ended in semi-final heartbreak for England, there were positives for two of the Lionesses Arsenal stars. Jodie Taylor claimed the golden boot by scoring five goals in four games, while Jordan Nobbs enhanced her reputation with a series of inspirational performances. The Gunners' other recent addition from Bayern Munich, Lisa Evans, featured in all three of Scotland's games as they finished third in Group D, although Kim Little and Emma Mitchell were absent through injury. Who's in and who's out? It's been a summer of change on the playing front too, as a host of arrivals and departures, some permanent, some loan deals, have reshaped the Arsenal squad ahead of the 2017-18 Women's Super League season. As you may know if you've been following the Women's Euros, the highest profile arrival is that of Dutch striker Vivian Miedema from Bayern Munich, where she won two Bundesliga titles. She has been joined by Scottish winger Lisa Evans, who won 10 trophies in four seasons with Glasgow City, before joining Medema for Bayern's 2015-16 title triumph. Meanwhile, some of Arsenal's youngsters have gone out on loan to gain first-team experience. Forward Katie McCabe will spend the new season at Glasgow City, while Chloe Kelly is linking up with WSL1 returnees Everton for a second spell. Midfielder Charlie Devlin will remain at WSL2 side Millwall Lionesses, who she joined during the 2017 Spring Series. In terms of departures, Carla Humphrey has joined Bristol City, Lottie Wubben-Moy has moved to the United States and will play for the University of North Carolina, and young striker Rihanna Dean has signed for Millwall. We wish them all the best. WSL Fixture List 2017-18 Sunday, September 24th, Birmingham City, home. Sunday, October 1st, Manchester City, away. Sunday, October 8th, Bristol City, home. Sunday, October 29th, Everton, away. Sunday, November 12th, Sunderland, home. Sunday, December 10th, Liverpool, home. Sunday, January 7th, Chelsea, away. Sunday, January 28th, Reading, away. Sunday, February 11th, Yeovil Town, home. Friday, February 23rd, Everton, home. Saturday, March 24th, Sunderland, away. Wednesday, March 28th, Liverpool, away. 
Sunday, April 1st, Chelsea, home. Thursday, April 19th, Reading, home. Saturday, April 21st, Yeovil Town, away. Sunday, April 29th, Birmingham City, away. Sunday, May 13th, Manchester City, home. Sunday, May 20th, Bristol City, home. That sums it all up. 20 years since Arsene Wenger's team won Arsenal's second double, the Matchday programme recalls the stories that surrounded the 1997-98 season. The previous summer, when football had come home during Euro 96, few in England had heard of the bespectacled Arsene Wenger. One year later, in the summer of 1997, the Frenchman's impact on his debut season had given Gunners fans cause for optimism as they waited for their first title in six years. There was no more Arsene who? The dominant side of the period, Manchester United, with four titles in five years under their belts, would soon learn Arsenal were, once again, to be their main challengers for the Premier League. But first, what else was going on in Islington and beyond? This was also the summer when N1 resident Tony Blair led New Labour, born in the now-defunct Granita restaurant on Upper Street, to a landslide general election victory after 18 years of Conservative government. Backbencher Jeremy Corbyn quietly retained his Islington North seat, winning his fourth successive election with an 11.9% increase in his vote. Elsewhere, Hong Kong Governor Chris Patton handed over sovereignty of the territory to China in an emotional ceremony. While Britain's overseas influence was on the wane, London still seemed to be the centre of the world. Britpop had reached its zenith. Oasis and Blur were still at loggerheads. The Spice Girls became the first British band to go to number one in the Billboard 100 with their debut album, and then broke royal protocol by kissing Prince Charles while Radiohead's OK Computer was the more downbeat soundtrack to the summer for many, earning universal acclaim. Other records may sell more, noted Mojo's Nick Kent, but in 20 years' time I'm betting OK Computer will be seen as the key record of 1997. In football, Tottenham striker Teddy Sheringham was signed by Manchester United, who was still reeling from the shock retirement of talisman Eric Cantona. Spurs quickly replaced Sheringham, Newcastle's Les Ferdinand arriving at White Hart Lane in a £6 million deal. Meanwhile, England tasted rare success. Victories over Italy and France saw them win Le Tournoi, the warm-up tournament held in France ahead of the following year's World Cup. Back in a corner of North London, rapidly becoming the new French quarter, Highbury, Arsenal fans were buoyed after their best league showing since the 1990-91 title campaign. The Gunners had finished 1996-97 on 68 points, sandwiched between runners-up Newcastle United and fourth-placed Liverpool. Wenger's team sealed third spot with a final day 3-1 victory at Derby County, who were playing their last ever match at the baseball ground. Young French prospect Nicolas Anelka gave a sign of things to come with a blistering second-half display, setting up Ian Wright for both his goals. Only Newcastle's 5-0 routing of relegated Nottingham Forest denied Arsenal's second spot and a Champions League place. But one man, who had just enjoyed his best season for years, would unexpectedly depart Highbury. Paul Merson, 
was the surprise transfer of the summer after relegated Middlesbrough took him north for a £5 million fee, and he didn't seem too happy about it. I never wanted to move, he admitted on arriving on Teesside. It was a bolt out of the blue when manager Arsene Wenger told me about Middlesbrough's offer. I was convinced he would turn it down. It never occurred to me at any time that Arsenal would sell me. Arsenal fans would have been placated, though, by the arrival of Ajax and Netherlands winger Mark Overmars for a club record fee of £7 million. Meanwhile, the summer rumour mill was in full effect. Reports in Italy suggested Alessandro del Piero and AC Milan striker Marco Simeone were on their way to North London. Inter's Paul Ince was also mooted before he moved to Liverpool, while the Sun claimed FC Croatia striker Mark Viduka was in Wenger's sights. He'd eventually sign for Leeds United. Blackburn's Graham Lasso was another whose signing, reported in several red tops, was imminent. The Channel Islander returned to former club Chelsea. But other signings were coming in thick and fast, and Arsenal's foreign invasion was gathering pace. Little-known French duo Emmanuel Petit and Gilles Grimandi both arrived from Wenger's former club, AS Monaco, in June. This was followed a week later by Portugal forward Luis Boa Morte from Sporting Lisbon. Out-of-contract Monaco forward Christopher Ray arrived in early August after spending the previous season on loan at Deportivo La Coruna in Spain's La Liga. Alberto Mendes, German-born of Spanish ancestry, was a low-key signing from FC Foyt, and young Austrian keeper Alex Manninger arrived from Casino Graz. One Englishman did arrive, though. Luton Town defender Matthew Upson, just 18, joined in a £2 million deal after making just one substitute's appearance for the Hatters. Upson had in fact arrived shortly after the end of the 1996-97 campaign, slipping under the radar. Champions Manchester United were still 6-4 to favourites with bookies William Hill. Arsenal were fourth at 9-1, to but behind Newcastle at 7-2 to and Liverpool at sevens, but had been heavily backed with the bookmaker admitting they were dreading a Gunners title triumph. Arsenal are the team who would cost us the biggest payout if they were to win the title, admitted Hill's spokesman Graham Sharp on August 7th, 1997. We've seen some of the liveliest pre-season betting exchanges ever. One punter even bet £400 on Coventry City to win the title, at odds of 250 to 1. Surely no unfashionable Midlands club could ever win the hardest league in world football. Freeze frame. July 1st, 1997. David Seaman and Ian Wright pose for a promo photo for the launch of the club's official website, AFCI. Long-serving club photographer Bill Smith retired at the end of the 1996-97 season after over three decades working for the club. Arsenal were mourning the deaths of two greats from the past, Reg Lewis, scorer of both goals in the 1950 FA Cup final win over Liverpool, and Brill Green boy Dennis Compton, both passed away in the spring of 1997. The Gunners went into the close season following Nigel Winterburn's testimonial match at Highbury on May 13, 1997. The game, which ended 3-all, was delayed for a bomb hoax and held up briefly by a streaker. In August 1997, Arsenal's board mooted the idea of leaving Highbury, the club's home since 1913. Expansion was badly needed, but the club conceded the capacity could only be increased from 38,000 
to around 48,000 and at great cost. Highbury's East Stand, complete with Art Deco facade and the famous marble halls, was granted Grade 2 listed status in July 1997, nearly 61 years after it was built. Arsenal First Team Squad, 1997-98 Number 1, David Seaman 2, Lee Dixon 3, Nigel Winterburn 4, Patrick Vieira 5, Steve Bald 6, Tony Adams 7, David Platt 8, Ian Wright 9, Nicolas Anelka 10, Dennis Bergkamp 11, Mark Overmars 12, Christopher Ray 13, Alex Manninger 14, Martin Keown 15, Ray Parler 17, Emmanuel Petit 18, Gilles Grimandi 19, Remy Gard 20, Matthew Upson 21, Louis Boa Morte 22, Ian Selly 23, Alberto Mendez 25, Scott Marshall 26, Vince Bartram 27, Paul Shaw 28, Stephen Hughes 29, Glenn Helder 30, Gavin McGowan 31, Chris Kawamwea 32, Isaiah Rankin 33, Michael Black and 34, Jason Crowe. Tour. Sydney 2017 pre-season action. Two continents, four games, three wins, one trophy. By Andy Axley. Photography by Stuart McFarlane and David Price. Prior to the Emirates Cup and Community Shield triumphs, the Gunners enjoyed an amazing tour of Sydney, Australia and China. Arsene Wenger's team plays Sydney FC and Western Sydney Wanderers down under before taking on Bayern Munich and Chelsea in Shanghai and Beijing, respectively. And despite one disappointing defeat, there were plenty of positives on the pitch. July 13, 2017, ANZ Stadium. Arsenal 2, Sydney FC 0. The scorers for Arsenal were Mertesacker in the fourth minute and Lacazette in the 83rd minute. Arsenal's first visit to Australia for 40 years. Alexandre Lacazette scores 15 minutes into debut. Siad Kosilinak plays 68 minutes on first appearance. Per Mertesacker scores opening goal of pre-season with an overhead kick. Reese Nelson catches the eye. Young gun, Eddie Nkitia, hits the post. In the Arsenal team versus Sydney were Czech, substituted by Martinez in the 46th minute, Bielik, substituted by Maitland-Niles in the 68th minute, Metasaka, substituted by Elneny in the 68th minute, Kolasinak, substituted by Iwobi in the 68th minute, Nelson, substituted by Oxlade-Chamberlain in the 68th minute. Coquelin, substituted by Schalke in the 68th minute. Willock, substituted by Marlin in the 68th minute. Bramall, substituted by Anquetia in the 68th minute. Ozil, substituted by Lacazette in the 68th minute. Walcott, substituted by Giroud in the 68th minute. And Welbeck, substituted by Monreal in the 68th minute. July 15th, 2017, ANZ Stadium. Arsenal versus Western Sydney Wanderers. Arsenal 3, Western Sydney Wanderers 1. The scorers for Arsenal were Giroud in the 33rd minute, Ramsey in the 37th, and Elneny in the 44th minute. 
For Western Sydney Wanderers, the scorer was Lastica in the 57th minute. Olivier Giroud opens the scoring. Aaron Ramsey and Mohamed Elneny make it three by half-time. Nacho Monreal assists twice. Stephen Lastica on target for WSW after Ramsey back pass goes astray. Mesut Ozil curls free kick against post. Eddie Nketiah hits the post once again. Playing for Arsenal in this game were Ospiner, substituted by Martinez in the 46th minute, Koscielny, substituted by Bielik in the 67th minute, Elneny, substituted by Metasaka in the 67th minute, Montreal, substituted by Kolasinek in the 67th minute, Oxlade-Chamberlain, substituted by Walcott in the 67th minute, Ramsey, substituted by Conquin in the 67th minute, Shaka, substituted by Willock in the 67th minute, Maitland-Niles, substituted by Nelson in the 67th minute, Iwobi, substituted by Unkitia in the 67th minute, Lacazette, substituted by Ozil in the 67th minute, and Giroud, substituted by Welbeck in the 67th minute. Sub not used was Brammel. July 19th, 2017, Shanghai Stadium, Arsenal versus Bayern Munich. Arsenal 1, Bayern Munich 1. The scorer for Arsenal was Iwobi in the 90th minute, and for Bayern, Lewandowski in the 8th minute with a penalty. Arsenal win 4-2 on penalties. Robert Lewandowski's opener comes from the penalty spot after Ainsley Maitland-Niles is harshly adjudged to have fouled Joan Bernat. Petra Cech produces a string of fine saves. Alexandra Lacazette goes close. Alexei Wobi's late header from an Aaron Ramsey cross ensures penalties. Emmy Martinez makes two shootout saves. Playing for Arsenal were Czech, substituted by Martinez in the 71st minute, Bialik, substituted by Bramall in the 45th minute, Elneny, Monreal, Maitland-Niles, Coquelin, substituted by Willock in the 45th minute, Shaka, substituted by Ramsey in the 61st minute, Kolasinac, substituted by Nelson in the 43rd minute, Ozil, substituted by Iwobi in the 45th minute, Welbeck, substituted by Unkitia in the 71st minute, and Lacazette, substituted by Walcott in the 45th minute. Subs not used were Giroud, Oxlade-Chamberlain and Marlin. July 22, 2017, Burzness Stadium. Arsenal vs Chelsea. Arsenal nil, Chelsea 3. The scorers for Chelsea were William in the 40th minute, and Bat Shoai in the 42nd and 49th minute. Chelsea field a full-strength side. Arsene Wenger rotates the Arsenal squad. Aaron Ramsey spurns a great chance. Masut Ozil sees shots saved by Thubot Kurtois. Chelsea score twice in three minutes before half-time. Michi Bat adds his second just four minutes into the second half. Playing for Arsenal were Ospina, substituted by Martinez in the 76th minute, Maitland-Niles, substituted by Koscielny in the 45th minute, Metasaka, substituted by Elneny in the 45th minute, Monreal, substituted by Kolasinac in the 45th minute, Shaka, substituted by Coquelin in the 45th minute, Ramsey, substituted by Willock in the 70th minute, 
Oxlade-Chamberlain substituted by Nelson in the 70th minute, Brummel substituted by Welbeck in the 45th minute, Ozil substituted by Marlin in the 76th minute, Iwobi, like Azat, substituted by Giroud in the 45th minute. Subs not used were Bielik and Kitia. There are eight photographs with this report. The first two have the captions, Arsenal fans bring the noise in Beijing, and Patrachak receives the first trophy of the summer for beating Bayern Munich. The three photos for the ANZ stadium are The BFG is set to pounce. Alex Lacazette celebrates getting off the mark. And Mo Elneny nets against WSW. And the last three, Alex Iwobi celebrates his goal against Bayern. The goal that led to penalties and Aaron Ramsey wins the ball. Exhibit Arsenal. A look at the history of the Gunners through the treasures found in the Arsenal Museum. Exhibit 1. The Penance. Words, the Arsenal History. As you enter the Arsenal Museum and walk down the steps into the Aladdin's Cave of Gunners memorabilia, the first things you will see are the pennants hanging from the ceiling. There are many of them on display, and your eyes will be dazzled by the vast array of colours jostling for your attention. Yet these are actually a small proportion of the pennants that Arsenal have collected when stacked up against the huge number of teams, both from England and abroad, that have faced the Gunners since the giving of these gifts became a thing. So where do they come from? Through history, giving your flag to your opponent was a symbol of surrender. Nowadays, the exchange of the team's flags before the contest is a heraldic sign of friendship which is why, shortly before kick-off, the captains from each side will meet in the centre circle, shake hands and exchange the standards. The pennant is a condensed piece of the club's colours and history and is traded between teams as a sign of respect and fair play. This modern-day tradition, typically enacted for big games such as internationals, cup finals or special commemorative matches, began in earnest after World War II. However, one of the pennants that stands proudly at the front of the display is far more modern. The glossy, striking, blue and red Barcelona silk standard from the 2006 Champions League final, which Carles Piol presented to Thierry Henry. The banner features the Barcelona crest, which is based on their civic identity. The St George's Cross and the red and yellow bars of Catalonia feature in the two quarters at the top, with the initials FCB in the central strip above the club colours and a ball. Barca's is a classic representation of what a pennant should be. Blink and you might miss the oldest pennant in the display, an undated, faded, pale blue silk standard bearing the legend Racing Club de Paris above the arms of the city. The annual series of friendly matches was a major feature of both teams' fixture lists between 1930 and 1961, with games scheduled as close to Armistice Day as possible to mark the fact that their first meeting was arranged to raise money for servicemen who had been injured during the Great War. As well as reminders of long-lost friendships, there are examples that recall great victories, such as the Claret 
Aston Villa pennant that Fabian Delph exchanged with Per Mertesacker before the 2015 FA Cup final. Their use of the lion as a symbol to denote bravery, valour and strength is one that's been used by the Midlands club throughout their history, although in this case they were shot down by the Gunners in what was a very one-sided contest. But it isn't always the major games that are commemorated in this way. In April 1971, Arsenal's youth team spent a week in Portugal playing in a tournament, the hosts, Osiago Academica de Coimbra presented Terry Burton with an imposing black-and-white pennant, which hangs proudly among those from higher-profile games. Arsenal Museum, founded in 1886. Arsenal have a wonderful history from the club's time at Woolwich, Highbury and Emirates Stadium, and the newly refurbished museum offers visitors the chance to take in a whole host of exciting exhibits. The Arsenal Museum is open daily from 10.30am and is also open on match days, closing one hour before kick-off. Tickets can be purchased at the museum or online by visiting www.arsenal.com forward slash tours. The Visitors, Leicester City Football Club. Can the 2015-16 champions bounce back after a troubled season? While nobody could have anticipated that 5,000 to 1 shots Leicester would finish on top of the Premier League pile two seasons ago, and what's more with a 10-point buffer over second-placed Arsenal, there was a similarly unexpected narrative to last season, with title-winning boss Claudio Ranieri being sacked in February after a terrible losing run, and his assistant Craig Shakespeare steering the team not only away from potential relegation, but also into the quarter-finals of the UEFA Champions League. Leicester were England's last team standing in the competition formerly known as the European Cup. They won their group with a game to spare, having taken maximum points from their opening three matches and kept clean sheets in their first four unprecedented for a Champions League newcomer, before coming from behind to knock out European specialist Sevilla in the round of 16 with a brilliant 2-0 win at the King Power Stadium, and then going down with a valiant fight against Atletico Madrid in the quarter-finals. There will be no return to Europe for Leicester in 2017-18, but given the direction in which the team were heading for much of the Premier League campaign, most City fans are just relieved that their team are playing top-flight football again this season. While the country at large reacted to Ranieri's dismissal in mid-February with widespread fury, the bare fact was that Leicester had lost five games in a row without scoring and were sliding inexorably towards the relegation zone. Indeed, at kick-off of Shakespeare's first game as caretaker boss at home to Liverpool, Leicester were in 18th place, but they won that match 3-1 and proceeded to win their next four Premier League encounters as well, including a first away success of the campaign, 3-2 at West Ham United, to soar up the table, eventually securing safety with three matches to spare thanks to a 3-0 home win over Watford. Such was the transformation in Leicester's fortunes that but for an incorrectly disallowed goal from Jamie Vardy in their final game of the season, a 1-1 draw at home to Bournemouth, they would have finished in the top half of the table, in ninth place. As it was, they had to settle for 12th. This season, with Shakespeare confirmed as manager and a raft of new signings, Harry Maguire, Vicente Ibora, 
Eldon Jakupovic and Kalechi Nacho having been added to last season's squad, Leicester will be aiming for the top half of the table again. The future of winger Riyad Mahrez remains unresolved at the time of writing, but there is enough quality in the Foxes' ranks to make that ambition a realistic one. Pre-season results have been mixed, with defeats against Liverpool, Wolves and Burton being counterbalanced by wins over West Brom on penalties, Luton and latterly Borussia Mönchengladbach, who were beaten 2-1 at the King Power seven days ago thanks to a brace of goals from a very lively Vardy. A brief history. Formed 1884 as Leicester Foss. Major honours, Premier League 2015. League Cup, 1964-1997-2000. Stadium, King Power Stadium. Stadium capacity, 32,312. Manager, Craig Shakespeare. All-time Premier League top scorers, Muzzy Izzet, Emil Heskey, 33. All-time most Premier League appearances, Muzzy Izzet, 222. In focus. The captain. Wes Morgan, 5. Defender. Born Nottingham, 21-1-84. Previously, Nottingham Forest, Kidderminster, Lone. Games, goals, 236-11. Info. The man who skippered the Foxes to Premier League glory in 2015-16 played from start to finish in all 38 matches that season, and he was heading towards a repeat performance last term until he hurt his back in the momentous Champions League win against Sevilla, a game in which he scored the first of Leicester's two goals. That injury kept the Jamaican international sidelined for all of the club's last 11 league encounters. A courageous and resilient central defender who was named in the 2015-16 PFA Premier League Team of the Season, Wes joined Leicester in January 2012, having spent nine years at hometown club Nottingham Forest. Kasper Schmeichel, 1. Goalkeeper. Born Copenhagen, Denmark, 5-11-86. Previously, Man City, Darlington, loan, Berry, loan, Falkirk, loan, Cardiff, loan, Coventry, loan, Notts County, Leeds. Games, goals, 261-0. Info, a Leicester player since June 2011 when he joined from Leeds, Casper has become an increasingly formidable last line of defence for the Foxes, emulating famous father Peter by not only winning the Premier League, but also by becoming the number one keeper for Denmark. An ever-present starter for City in the 2015-16 title triumph, he missed a few weeks in November and December of last season with an injured hand, but was a clear winner of Leicester's 2016-17 Player of the Year award, having impressed especially in the Champions League with a series of crucial saves, among them penalty stops in both legs of the last 16 tie against Sevilla. Jamie Vardy, 9, forward. Born, Sheffield, 11-1-87. Previously, Stocksbridge Park Steels, Halifax, Fleetwood. Games, Golds, 192-66. Info, Jamie has become Leicester City's talisman. The lightning-quick striker enjoyed a phenomenal 2015-16 campaign, contributing 24 goals to the club's Premier League triumph, including three against Arsenal, and he struck a similar vein of form last term following the club's change of manager, eventually ending up with 13 league goals. The 30-year-old former non-league striker has become an accomplished finisher to add his explosive pace and persistent harrying of defenders.
Although linked with Arsenal last summer, he decided instead to sign a new four-year contract with Leicester. He has scored six goals in 16 games for England, but has yet to start a 2018 World Cup qualifier. The manager, Craig Shakespeare. Born 1963, games 16. Previously, West Brom, caretaker 2006. Craig was handed the Leicester City managerial reins on a temporary basis following Claudio Ranieri's sacking in February, but he made an immediate impact on the team's form. In fact, the 53-year-old Brummie became the first English manager to win his first five Premier League matches, and he was officially named manager a couple of weeks later, shortly before steering the Foxes past Sevilla in the last 16 of the Champions League. The former assistant to both Nigel Pearson and Ranieri, he was handed a new three-year contract in June. As a player, Craig spent most of his career in the lower divisions, with Walsall, West Bromwich Albion and Grimsby Town. The Breakdown Scouting Report The Foxes have added quality, but the game plan won't change. Last match, 4-8-17, pre-season friendly. Leicester City, 2, Vardy, 67-74, Borussia Mönchengladbach, 1, Hazard, 46. Leicester City, Schmeichel, Simpson, Amati, 80, Morgan, Maguire, Fuchs, Albrighton, Mares, 65, James, Ndidi, Ibora, 71, Gray, Lawrence, 80, Okazaki, Ihianasho, 65, Oloa, 83, Vardy. It's almost impossible to work out what's in store for Leicester City this time around, considering their unthinkable title success in 2015-16, then their brush with relegation last season until Claudio Ranieri was replaced by Craig Shakespeare. The Foxes are perhaps the most unpredictable side heading into the Premier League's 26th campaign. The peculiar thing about Shakespeare's rejuvenation of Leicester in spring, however, was that he essentially went back to basics, reverting to Ranieri's title-winning template. While N'Golo Kante proved a huge miss, every other key player from the title-winning campaign remains at the club, barring a late transfer for Riyad Mahrez. Shakespeare is still using a simple 4-4-1-1 or 4-4-2 system, and Arsenal should know roughly what to expect from Leicester in a tactical sense. There have, however, been some key additions to the squad. Up front, Kalichi Ahir-Nasho can consider himself somewhat unfortunate to be moved on by Pep Guardiola's Manchester City. A talented all-round striker boasting pace, power and clinical finishing, he's a more traditional number nine than Jamie Vardy, and it will be interesting to see how Shakespeare uses them. Plus the talented Islam Slimani, the hard-working decoy runner Shinji Okazaki, with only two centre-forward slots up for grabs. In midfield, Leicester have strengthened with the signing of severe holding player Vicente Ibora, a strong and physical presence and a three-time Europa League winner. He's likely to sit in front of the defence, probably with Wilfred Ndidi allowed more of an all-action, Kante-esque role. Danny Drinkwater remains an option too, and is the most cultured in possession, capable of finding Vardy with long diagonals into the channels. The spine of the side has further been strengthened with the arrival of Harry Maguire from Hull City. A tall and commanding defender, he seems likely to partner Captain Wes Morgan at the back, with Robert Huth out injured. It seems like Leicester will continue to defend deep, as their defensive options are better aerially than in terms of pace. Elsewhere, the side remains familiar. Left-back Christian Fuchs and right-sided Danny Simpson tuck inside and remain narrow, denying the opposition space in the channels. 
On the wings, Mares is allowed some freedom from defensive responsibilities and likes to check onto his left foot on his way to goal. On the opposite side, Mark Albrighton also comes inside, but is more of a crossing option than a long-distance goal threat. Leicester have an amazing number of attacking options. As well as their first-choice wide midfielders and the aforementioned quartet of strikers, there's also the speedy winger Demarai Gray, the even quicker wide forward Ahmed Musa, and the perennial Plan B Leonardo Aloa. But from the start, it will be classic Leicester City, a deep, compact block and rapid transitions to launch counter-attacks. It will be interesting to see if Vardy, who has caused problems against Arsenal before, manages to find space on the outside of the Gunners' three-man defence. Coping with his movement remains the key to stopping Leicester. Did you know? Arsenal have hosted Leicester City once before on the opening day of the Premier League season, in 1999. A last-minute Frank Sinclair own goal gave us a 2-1 victory, with Dennis Bergkamp equalising Tony Cotty's second-half opener. The Gunners are unbeaten in 21 league games against the Foxes. In fact, the only time Leicester have beaten us in the Premier League era was in our first meeting, a 2-1 defeat at Filbert Street in November 1994. Leicester were the opponents in the final match of our 2003-04 Invincibles season. After former gunner Paul Dickoff gave the Foxes a first-half lead, goals from Thierry Henry and Patrick Vieira after the break ensured Arsenal ended the campaign unbeaten. Last time we met, 26-4-17, Premier League. Arsenal, 1. Hoof, own goal, 86. Leicester City, 0. Arsenal, Czech, Gabriel, Kozielny, Monreal, Bellerin, Coquelin, Ramsey, 75, Shaka. Gibbs, Welbeck, 68, Walcott, Giroux, 75, Ozil, Alexis. Subs not used, Martinez, Elneny, Iwobi, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Leicester City, Schmeichel, Simpson, Benaluan, Gray, 90, Huth, Fuchs, Mares, Drinkwater, Ndidi, Albrighton, Vardy, Uloa, Okazaki, 70. Subs not used, Zila, Chilwell, Amate, King, Musa. Quick stats. Premier League number nines. Ewan Roberts, Steve Claridge, Emil Heskey, Darren Eady, Les Ferdinand, Jamie Vardy. Played for both George Armstrong, Paul Dickoff, Kevin Campbell, Alan Smith, Frank McClintock. Top 10 by Twitter followers. Riyad Mahrez, 1.27 million. Gokin Inler, 922,000. Jamie Vardy, 573,000. Danny Simpson, 290,000. Kasper Schmeichel, 250,000. Robert Huth, 234,000. Christian Fuchs, 145,000. Andy King, 118,000. Jeffrey Schlupp, 109,000. Wes Morgan, 86,000. Head to Head Premier League, 158, drawn 37, lost 27. FA Cup, 1-5, drawn 6, lost 0. EFL Cup, 1-1, drawn 2, lost 1. Match Action Arsenal vs Chelsea Sunday, August 6th, 2017. Community Shield. 
Game number one. The final score, Arsenal 1, Chelsea 1. Arsenal 1, 4-1 on penalties. Venue, Wembley Stadium. Referee, Robert Maidley. Attendance, 83,325. Match stats. For Arsenal, total shots, 11. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 5. Offsides, 1. Fouls, 8. Possession, 54%. For Chelsea, total shots, 7. Shots on target, 4. Corners, 4. Offsides, 4. Fouls, 12. Possession, 46%. The scorer for Arsenal, Kolasinac, in the 81st minute. The team. Ketch. Holding. Mertesacker, replaced by Kolasinac in the 32nd minute. Monreal. Bellerin. Elneny, who picked up a yellow card. Zaka. Oxlade-Chamberlain. Iwobi, replaced by Woolcott in the 66th minute. Welbeck, replaced by Nelson in the 87th minute, and Lacazette, replaced by Giroud in the 66th minute. The scorer for Chelsea, Moses in the 46th minute. The team, Courtois, Atspilicueta, who picked up a yellow card, Lewitt, Cahill, Moses, Fabregas, Kante, Alonso, replaced in the 78th minute by Rudiger, Willian, replaced in the 82nd minute by Muzonda, also picked up a yellow card. Bachoe, replaced in the 74th minute by Morata. And Pedro, who picked up a red card. In the penalty shootout, Chelsea. Cahill scored. For Arsenal, Walcott scored. For Arsenal, Monreal scored. For Chelsea, Courtois missed. Chelsea, Morata missed. Arsenal, Oxlade-Chamberlain scored. For Arsenal, Giroud scored. In the first half, Alexander Lacazette was included for his debut as the Gunners returned to Wembley for the Community Shield. It was the same defence that beat Chelsea here in May in the FA Cup final, but Arsene Wenger was forced into an early defensive change when captain Per Mertesacker was forced from the pitch with a bad cut above his eye. Siad Kosalanak replaced him for his debut, but it was fellow new boy Lacazette who so nearly gave us the lead seeing his shot rattle the post from inside the box. Petr Ketch made saves from Victor Moses and Pedro, but we ended the half on top. Alex Iwobi forced a good save from Thibaut Courtois. Second half. Chelsea took the lead early. Moses put the ball away after nipping in behind our back line and meeting Gary Cahill's header. Courtois pushed over Mohamed Elneny's fierce shot as we responded well and the Belgian keeper was equal to Granit Xhaka's superb long-range effort too. The game changed with ten minutes left. Pedro was sent off for a bad foul on El Nene, and Kosalinak headed us level from the resulting free kick. That led straight to penalties, and the first use of the new ABBA system in a shootout. Chelsea missed twice, allowing Olivier Giroud to stroke home the winner and clinch our 15th Community Shield. Rob Holding, born Staleybridge, England, September 20th, 1995. Previous clubs, Bolton Wanderers, Bury, Lone. Quick stats, Rob had 64 touches in the FA Cup final. Only Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, Granite Xhaka and Mesut Ozil had more.
Words, Michael Donlevy. The young defender talks tactics, teammates and opponents as he looks to build on an excellent debut campaign. Twelve months ago, Rob Holding was three weeks into an Arsenal career that not even he could have envisaged taking off in the way that it has. Filed firmly in the One for the Future category, most observers expected to see him play in the League Cup, maybe shore up the bench during an injury crisis, or even head out for a loan spell to build on the 30 appearances he'd made for Bolton Wanderers. So if seeing his name on the team sheet for Arsenal's opening two Premier League games of the season was a surprise, the shockometer went off the scale when the Gunners switched to a back three and the 21-year-old cemented his place in the heart of the defence during the closing weeks of the 2016-2017 season. Yet far from being overawed, the England Under-21 International thrived and displayed a highly promising mix of silk and steel, as both Sergio Aguero and Diego Costa will testify. He picked up where he left off in May by helping Arsenal see off Chelsea at Wembley last Sunday, but before that he sat down to look back at a whirlwind first season and ahead to the new campaign. How would you sum up your first year at Arsenal? The year was like a roller coaster for me. The whole year was, from being at Bolton and then moving to a massive club like Arsenal, then playing a bit at the start, not playing, then getting back in the team and having a run of games. To finish it off with an FA Cup trophy was brilliant. Was it a surprise to be involved in the opening game of the season? Definitely. I'd played a couple of games in pre-season, but I thought the lads who were at the Euros would come back in. To get the nod for the Liverpool game was a bit of a shock and threw me in at the deep end. The change to three at the back was a big story. Did you see it coming? I didn't, because we stuck with the 4-2-3-1 we'd had all season. Then in training one week, we tried a back three, and it seemed to click. We worked on it, and it was kind to us. How did you adapt to it? When I was playing for Bolton under-23s, we played a back three, and I played at right wing-back. Then I got into the Bolton team, and we played three at the back at Hull, so I had an idea of how to play it. Once I was here, the players around me were such a step up in quality that they made it a bit easier as well. Do you feel more comfortable in a back three with those two defenders alongside you? Definitely. There's more cover behind you. If you step forward with the ball, which I've done a few times, you always get the two centre-backs covering you as they go into a back four. You've got that bit more safety when you're on the ball, and you can relax into your game a bit more. What kind of advice has Steve Bold given you since the switch? We've been through a few scenarios together on the training pitch. We have the cameras on, so we're constantly videoing things. If there's anything he spots when we watch it back, he'll call me into the office and we'll sit down to go through it together. He'll always talk to me about my body shape and positioning in relation to the other centre-backs, which with his experience really helps me bring out the best in my game. Are you a big student of the game? Do you enjoy those sessions with him? I think you have to be. When there's people like Steve Bold, Per Mertesacker or Laurent Koselny around you, they've done it all, so they've got all this experience to help a young lad like me coming through. Let's go back to that FA Cup final. 
talk us through how you were feeling on the day. I'd say I was more nervous for the semi-final than I was for the final, just because it was Manchester City. Growing up, I was United, so I was always a bit nervous to play City, and I was playing at Wembley for the first time. That was the first time I'd even seen the stadium, never mind playing there. We stayed in the hotel overlooking it, so I was constantly looking out the window at Wembley just to get used to the sight of it. When it came to the final, I was just thinking, I did this a couple of weeks ago, I can do it again. That moment when you turned away from Sergio Aguera in the semi-final caused a lot of buzz on Twitter. Did you watch it back? Yeah, I've watched it back a few times, because at the time I didn't know what I was doing. I was just defending channels, running it, bringing it back and defending, looking for a pass. When there wasn't a pass on, I just put my foot on the ball and ended up doing a nice bit of footwork. He went down and I got away from him. How much did winning at Wembley help you settle for the final? Just being on the pitch with that crowd, the red and blue, made me settle. I remember seeing a sea of blue, but our fans were really loud. It was like a battle off the pitch with the contrasting colours. It really prepared me well for the final. Speaking of battles, talk us through your duels with Diego Costa. I think that was just something I knew beforehand. I knew Diego Costa's game was to wind up centre-halves. I'd seen it many times on TV. I knew he'd try something with me being young. I knew he'd think he could bully me a bit, but I just stood up to him. I think we did that well as a team. Did it change after that exchange you had? Did you notice him drop off a bit? I'm not sure how he changed his game, but I think he knew that he wasn't going to intimidate me. I think that's what he thought he was going to do because of the age difference. Once he saw I stood up to him, he thought, I'll try something else here. What's Alexandre Lacazette like to train against? He's very tidy on the ball. When he drops deep, he likes to link up play, and then he'll spin in straight away. You've got to be careful about going too tight if he spins. In the box, he's sharp, and he'll get on the end of things. He's definitely got goals in him. Moving on to today's game. Is it strange to play on a Friday night? We didn't have a Friday night game last season, did we? The other teams had one, but we didn't. It should be good under the lights. What do you make of Leicester City? They had that season when they ran away with it, and it's good to see a team come out of nowhere and win it. I've got a few friends there. Ben Chilwell and Damari Gray from England, who are very good players. They've made a few signings too, so they'll obviously be prepared. Damari is very skillful and is one that you'll dread to be up against one-on-one. Finally, what are your hopes for the new season? I just want to win more trophies. After winning the FA Cup, I've got a hunger for more. I've got a taste for it. And per Mertesacker lifting that Premier League trophy to cap off an incredible career? With me alongside him, yeah, I'll take that 100%. Teams for Arsenal manager Arsene Wenger. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and red and white socks. 2. Mathieu Debussy. 3. Kieran Gibbs. 4. Per Matasaka. 5. Gabriel. 6. Laurent Koscielny. 
7. Alexis Sanchez 8. Aaron Ramsey 9. Alexandre Lacazette 10. Jack Wilshire 11. Mesut Ozil 12. Olivier Giroud 13. David Ospina, goalkeeper 14. Theo Walcott 15. Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain 16. Rob Holding 17. Alex Iwobi 18. Nacho Monreal 19. Santi Carzola 20. Shkodran Mustafi 21. Callum Chambers 22. Jeff Crane Adelaide 23. Danny Welbeck 24. Hector Bellerin 25. Carl Jenkinson 28. Lucas Perez 29. Granit Xhaka 30. Ainsley Maitland-Niles 31. Siad Kalasinak 32. Chuba Akpom 33. Petra Jack, goalkeeper 34. Francis Coquelin 35. Mohamed Elneny 40. Cohen Bramall 54. Matt Macy, goalkeeper 61. Rhys Nelson 69. Joe Willock For Leicester City, manager Craig Shakespeare Blue shirt, shorts and socks 1. Casper Schmeichel, goalkeeper 2. Danny Simpson 3. Ben Chilwell 4. Danny Drinkwater 5. Wes Morgan 6. Robert Huth 7. Demari Gray 8. Kelechi Iannaccio 9. Jamie Vardy 10. Andy King 11. Mark Brighton 12. Ben Hamer, goalkeeper 13. Ahmad Musa 15. Harry Maguire 16. Tom Lawrence 17. Eldin Yakubovic, goalkeeper 18. Daniel Amate 19. Islam Slimani 20. Shinji Okasagi 21. Vicente Ibora 22. Matty James 23. Leonardo Oloa 24. Nampalis Mendy 25. Wilfred Ndidi 26. Riyad Mahrez 28. Christian Fuchs 29. Johan Beneluen 32. Harvey Barnes 33. Elliot Moore Officials Referee Mike Dean Assistant Referees Simon Long, Darren Can Fourth Official Lee Mason Weekend Fixtures All Saturday 3pm unless stated Watford vs Liverpool Saturday 12.30pm Chelsea vs Burnley Crystal Palace vs Huddersfield Everton vs Stoke Southampton vs Swansea West Brom vs Bournemouth Brighton vs Man City, Saturday 5.30pm Newcastle vs Tottenham, Sunday 1.30pm Man United vs West Ham, Sunday 4pm The Arsenal Foundation, helping young people fulfil their potential through education and sport. Hello, this is Arsene Wenger. That brings us to the end of this audio production of the Arsenal Matchday programme. 